Hey, this is Caleb, and I am here with a very, very special guest. This guy is a sweetheart. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. He's known my family for years. I've known him for years. He knew me when I was just a little boy. Now, usually the other voice on this podcast is Chris Golden, but this is a little different. This is his brother, Brian Golden. Brian, how are you today? The Green Mile. Sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I was premature. I'm sorry. What hey, was your question? Hey, hey Brian, what what are uh, what are some of your favorite movies? Oh uh, yeah, would you say? Uh, I always like to ask people the question first. What right. some of their favorite movies? Uh, uh, otherwise, we end up sounding like Jeopardy. Yeah, is the, your uh, answer must be in the form of a question. Yeah. Uh, what is the Green Mile? Uh, As you can see, because yes. you're in my room, Back to the Future is my favorite movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Of all time, it's a good movie. That's very similar to the uh, Green Mile, but. Yeah. Where <laughs> the Green Mile didn't have any uh, sequels. Yeah, that's few, true. Which Back to the Future did. And it's not about time travel. It's true. Um, yeah. It doesn't have a... Uh, well, it didn't have a car. There's, oh, they did have a car in it. There's no Tom Hanks in Back to the Future. It's true. Yeah. Um, Green Mile, you, you went heavy right off the bat. You went like... Well, it's a great movie because... Serious. it's uh, Tom Hanks is a good actor, uh, but... You went heavy. It's, uh, you know what, we were talking about the heart. Yeah. It pulls out your heartstrings. It does. When that, the big, if you haven't seen it. Oh, yeah, what, Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, and and that's written, I was having a discussion with somebody, and I always thought it was written by, um... Stephen King. Yes, and my brother, are we allowed to mention other yeah. pod, pod blog casters? <laughs> yeah. So he's like, no, it was written somebody else, and I was like, no, Stephen King, and he was like, no... Definitely Stephen King. And then King. I was like, it's Stephen King, so... Oh, yeah. I mean, and in my top ten is definitely The Shawshank Redemption. Oh. Also written by Stephen King. Yeah. Really, we should say based on his book. Yeah, based... Yeah. I don't based, think he wrote the screenplay. Bo- well, but he he wrote uh, The Green Mile. Yes. And I don't know if he had to do with... What he had to do with the movie, but... Fantastic. And and I've actually liked... Would yeah. like to, usually I read the books... He's a great writer. ...before I see the movies. and um, But I... I didn't know that all that till I saw it. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So, so you have not read the book. I have not read the book, so I don't know yes. how close it is. But I actually, yes, it's on my bucket list. Okay, cool. <clears throat> I might read uh, the Shawshank Redemption because it was based on a novella, so it's oh. pretty short. Okay. So. Oh, that's within your yeah wheelhouse right there. Yeah, I like short. I'm gonna books. ask you. Oh, dude, now we've jeopardied again. Okay, I was gonna ask you, what kind of books do you like? <laughs> Short books. There we go. <laughs> go. But I'm fun, and that's good material for the other the stand up you do. Yeah, and I... <laughs> short. But the only thing is, I I don't know that that's politically correct because you have to say because short short people might be offended. Short people, yeah, like a, a gravity challenged or I do have a joke. I said um, my uh, my favorite meal is seconds. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know. They're cheesy jokes. What kind of food do you like? Buffet. Yeah, <laughs> seconds. All you can eat. Uh, okay, what else, Green Mile? What else? <clears throat> um, in the Green uh, Mile, mm. I think the the uh, you know, it's a great redemptive story. But the thing about it is, it's also uh, kind of like an every man's story. So it's, a, it's if you haven't seen it, it's. It's a, uh, the Green Mile is a, uh, death row, mm-hmm. and they're condemned prisoners, and they get this variety of prisoners, and they're all 
they're they're condemned, yeah. but it's how what what how that plays out. There's yeah. some some crotch grabbing, and then it looks like a bunch of uh, flies go out of his mouth. I'm guessing it's not flies; yeah. it's it represents I, I evil. You're confusing evil plot spirit. with <laughs> with specific things. Yeah, like what? Tell us about the Green Mile. Well, there's crotch grabbing. <laughs> oh boy, um, a black man gr- will grab your crotch and spit out flies. And yeah. you will be healed. I think pretty much people, if you so, haven't seen it, that you've got it's a the, good. Yeah, that would sell the, a ticket uh, right there. That would sell it. Yeah, that paints a word picture. <laughs> you might be disappointed with <laughs> some of the actual plot, but you know what? Hey, here's what I remember about the Green Mile: is um, the the villain guy Percy. Yeah. Just like the most despicable, worst. You yeah. Know, person. Just well, like, no. You want to reach inside the TV and strangle him. But the worst villain is the, is the other guy, the uh, guy who... Who uh, kind of runs the prison? No, no, the other guy who's on death row that... Uh, oh. No, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, who, who, who really did do it. Yeah, yeah. The actual... But Percy was a... He yeah. was a villain, too. Because Percy's so two-faced about it, because he's a guard there. He's a guard, but he's only there as a guard to yeah. see the actual executions... Yeah. Which does not go well a, when they let him... jerk about everything, yeah. yeah. So, but everybody has to deal with their demons, and that's kind of what the movie's about. Like, oh. every all the, the guards all are confronted yeah. with, you know, with things. Everybody's confronted with stuff, and then it's how it plays out is shocking. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Boom. Boom. Shawshank also about prison. Yeah. Hmm, Stephen King had fascination with prison. There you go. All right, so okay, enough about movies. Okay, I'm actually surprisingly not a movie critic. <laughs> um, Caleb's more of the movie critic. He's your favorite crotch grabbing musician, musician. Sorry. or band singer or <clears throat> musician. Oh, man, um, well, my favorite band all time is probably U2. Oh, nice. But That's this isn't like answer. cheesy. Uh, bandwagon stuff. I liked them starting when uh, yeah, in like nineteen eighty. Oh, pre Joshua yeah. Tree. Pre oh yeah yeah, yeah. pre Joshua Tree yeah, yeah definitely. By the time Joshua Tree, it was already yeah. almost like not like they were already like a oh they they were already sellouts by the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't say you two insult the same <laughs> sentence, did you? No, I didn't. Okay, because that's wrong. That's evil. Joshua Tree is like you know one of their biggest albums. Yeah, but I, I want to run. Okay. I it? want to hide. Yeah. Oh. I want to tear down the walls that hold me inside. Inside. I want to inside reach out. Reach out. And touch your face. Where the streets have no... Wait, am I mixing two songs together? Yeah, it's not... That's not, I don't... Possibly, but that's not <laughs> completely that song, so... <laughs> The song went from running to where the streets have no name. Maybe that is the song where the it's streets have no name. It's hard to do a no podcast name. when you're drunk and naked, but hey. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, <laughs> it's a good word picture. <laughs> yeah. For the non-existent audience. Okay, here's what we're going to do, Brian. Yeah. We're going to... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, didn't, I wasn't finished with my answer. <laughs> oh, you too. Okay. I'm scarred by your singing. <laughs> no, I, I like you too, but... Um, I've recently, I have a friend who actually knows them and is uh, friends with them and et cetera, et cetera. And they're really, they're solid guys. And I found that out kind of recent, recently. So I'm actually, makes it even 
more happy with my band choice. Mm-hmm. Are we... No, I just periodically check in to make yeah. sure it's still going. You're racing the drink. And on the time. No. I know, it's cool. It's cool. That happens. <laughs> so um, okay, you know a guy who knows a guy who knows you too. Okay, that's good. Good for you, man. I know a person who is actually friends with them. Okay. It's very... Have you ever been to Ireland? No. Oh, everywhere but, it seems like. Yeah. <clears throat> but my favorite, uh, I should give a oh, shout out. Oh, song? Okay. No. Oh. No? Do you want to tell them who I have my favorite? I have a YouTube story. You do? That's yeah. Everybody should have a YouTube story. <laughs> All right, and go My ahead. favorite uh, band person is Johnny. Johnny Rockstar. He's a friend of mine who is in a band, Temper Trap, and they're awesome. They just came out June 10th of the third album. Go go to the stores. Go buy that. It's Thick as Thieves. Oh, he's not in U2. I thought you were no. saying my favorite band member. Yep. <laughs> Alright, here's my U2 story. Back in the day, I used to do background extra work. Uh-huh. And I worked on a U2 music video mm-hmm. um, for a song called Invisible, and it was in Santa Monica in one of the airplane hangars, and it was a big concert, and oh. I ended up using it as a uh, Super Bowl spot. Yes. So that was cool. Wow. Yeah, and I was, I mean, it was like a huge crowd, like, you know, 500 of us just rocking out. But yeah, it's been three days, you know, listening to you two. Wow, that's yeah. great. that's a great story. So you met the, the guy, or were they there? Or? They were there, oh, yeah, absolutely. They were wow. There for three days. I was like 10 foot from him, you know, 10 feet. Oh my goodness, that's fantastic. Yeah. As, can, I, times. can I touch you? There is no them, that was the song. Um... I'm gonna just okay, yeah. Ah, uh, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, Bono didn't actually touch me. Oh, but I'm pretty sure I touched him. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, did you make that metaphorically? Like no. emotional Literally. support? <laughs> Literally. Oh, you like pushed him. You know, Brian, I did years of construction. Yeah, that was my day job for a while. Uh huh. <laughs> a lot of construction. Uh. So when when people would say in school, like, if you don't, you know, get a good education, you're going to be digging ditches, that was, wasn't a metaphor for me. Yep. I was out there digging ditches. Oh, that's that's good. Or no? It's, well, it's, no. I mean, it was a job. Oh. It's good. I mean, one of my greatest accomplishments in life is that I'm no longer doing construction. But construction and ditch digging are slightly different. That's true. I mean, there was a purpose like to the ditch digging. Yeah. Um, when I usually we'd lay pipes. I laid a lot of pipe. In my day. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that, that was that was corrupt, but I'm gonna worsen when, it. When you said literally, you laid pipe. I laid pipe, and you got paid for it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How many people can say that? Only people that I had to dig the ditch first, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyways, here's what we're going to do. I was Can at... we start the show? Oh. <laughs> is this not part of the show? No, it is. <laughs> oh, okay. I was at uh, Calabasas. This will be more uh, life stuff. Okay. Calabasas. Um, I've heard of it. Calabasas High School. We both worked for Domino's. We have that in common. That's amazing. We have, different pro- times. We have three things in common. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also worked as it wasn't ditch digging, but it was We're both at, men of size. Men of size. Is it uh, uh, like at a Domino's? <laughs> uh, not like kind of a ditch digging like job. Okay. I was like uh, um, uh, not clean up like projects and stuff, but it was a lot of physical okay. labor. Yeah, and um, I was. It's a bitch. You know, actually, I I like it. I enjoy yeah. it. 
Yeah. And um, and I have a degree. I so. do too, but not day in and day out. Night night digging. <laughs> night digging. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than Is day that digging. When you... Better than day digging. Okay, you should probably pause <laughs> it. You're... So you laid pi- you got paid to lay pipe at night then. Okay. You're That's all I want to know about that. Night digging. I. So I was uh, had a a weed eater, and I was going down the hill just buzzing the weeds and um. I, uh, weed eated, weed whacked. Weed whacked, okay. A, uh, a wasp nest. Oh, no. And I didn't really know it because of the sound of the thing until I actually, they were, they flew up in my face and then I was aware of them. And I got stung 36 times in the head. Ooh. And so Ouch. they took, my boss took me to the doctors and he said, Apparently, you only have so much wasp resistance. They're not, like, super poisonous or whatever, but... And he said, if I ever get stung again, I will probably die. Because you don't get resistance more. Like, you're just born with a certain amount. Oh. Yeah. I thought... I interpreted that as, like, well, after the tenth bite, it doesn't matter if you have 30. Oh. (laughs) You're just pretty much... The damage has been done. No, I think... I would say... The more you get stung, the worse it is. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I so would agree with that. If you if you get stung like ten times, don't be like, well, then whatever, and just be. Casual. No. Don't be nonchalant. Yeah, don't be nonchalant. Wow. Yeah, it turns out in my life I've actually been nearly killed or should have been killed many many times. Wow. It's kind of a theme. We'll it's get miraculous to. living. It when was, I lived in Calabasas, we had our backyard, and I was, I was hoeing the backyard and I swung my hoe into a an underground beehive. Ugh. I only got stung about three times, maybe four. So it was That's enough. As traumatic as your story. Well a lot of my stories. Anyways, here's what we're gonna do. That's oh, so that's another thing we have in common. We got stung by wasps or insects in Calabasas. <laughs> yes. That's Boom. Right. <laughs> That's right. So Four we're gonna we're gonna jump in the wayback machine with Peabody and Sherman. Okay. And we're gonna journey back to the very beginning. Take me back, Brian. Okay. Take me back. Where were you born? Can we have some take back? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it sound. That's that's the Wayne's World flashback. Careful, careful. We're going too far back. Where were you born? Well, I was born in Encino. What were the circumstances surrounding your birth? This between my mom and dad. I'm gonna leave it right there. Encino, uh, huh? Yeah, Encino. Mm-hmm. And, um... Wow. I grew up there in... Valley uh, boy. I'm a valley boy. I grew up in um, San Fernando Valley in Reseda till I was 10. In the late 60s. And 66 till 75. And uh, my best friends were Andy, Dana, and Todd Green. Brothers lived uh, across the street in Sammy Soto. Andy, yeah. Dave, and Todd. Andy, Dana, Dana, and Todd. Yep, and I was okay. in a, a club for about... Four or five, four years or so. Actually, it never really ended. We never. It, well, I we did have an official ending, and it's fantastic club. Andy, and Dana, and um, what kind of club was this? Like a, some like a fun, just like weekly. He man, woman hater. We had women in it. We had Shelby Sweems was in it. See, that's the better way to go. And Lisa Bonet was in it. I think they were I the think. two girls. Fantastic. You were a little rascal. It was a little rascal esque, but yeah. we it was boys and girls, and we were. It was super fun. The greens were fantastic. Did you ever watch that show, The Little Rascals? Is that before your time? No, no, no. I've 
It was before your time. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, we watched the show. Yeah, it was... Yeah. The show was before me, yeah. Um, did you play um, Little League Baseball? Yep. Okay, so you got a, a Bad News Bears existence. <clears throat> I was an excellent baseball player. Yeah. Actually, how did you know to ask that question? About Bad News Bears? Um, no, about Chris baseball. talk about it all the time. Oh. Yeah. Well, I was a... Uh, Chris told me that you played Little League. I did, yeah. I played baseball till I was uh, 13, and I was an all-star like nine times. You would have been the villains in the Bad News Bears. <laughs> the, I was, I was the a underdogs very, had very to defeat good the reigning champs, the Yankees. I was pretty convinced I was going to be a professional baseball player, and then I hurt my arm. Were you really that good? In my mind, I was. <laughs> um, you know, the thing was, is I was a great hitter. Did your team hitter. win first place? It wasn't tech. It wasn't. It was Park League, not Little League. So we didn't actually like. You couldn't win stuff and then win state. <laughs> My teams did win our Park League division, and I was an All Star. But yeah, one year when I moved out to Gore Hills, and I played in a a league out there, and we went to like a state tournament or something. Um, yeah, that that was pretty. What fun. position did you play in baseball? You well, were, you were good at hitting. I was a great hitter. I was a better pitcher. And then really? shortstop, first base, second base, mm. catcher even, wow, like on everything. occasion. Everything except I was a horrible outfielder. Many positions. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I could play everything very well. And uh, so the bane of my existence is being slow. I was very slow. You lived in Reseda until what age? Until I was uh, 10. 10. That's, yeah. yeah, on my notes. The land of Tom Petty, Reseda. You know, well, all the free. vampires walking down the boulevard in the valley. Yeah, exactly. Move west down Ventura Boulevard. Boulevard. And I'm a bad boy. Because I don't, don't even miss her. And I'm a bad boy for breaking her heart. And I'm free. Free falling. So what else do you remember about the first ten years of your life? Okay, I mean, did handy, you walk handy to notes. school? I walked to school. We had a pool, and the pool was the best. We had you summer parties. You weren't concerned about getting kidnapped. Um, I think I was around. actually kidnapped a couple times, <laughs> but they uh, put you back. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. it. They got no pleasure out of me. You were so annoying. They they put you back. No, you know what? I was never kidnapped. There was a kid shot on the other street. Um, oh well. Uh, his dad shot. Probably everybody in the it. family, and then shot oh. himself. Oh wow. That was a, a horrible incident. But my chief memories are we had a swimming pool. We had great... My mom would make great parties swimming for us. Swimming pool? We would have great... Bur- so you had some bread. Uh, no, in the valley, like, three out of four houses have swimming pools. It's so damn hot. You just it's hot. It. You have to have... Ar- Reseda is, like, the armpit of the valley. That was yeah. the way it was considered. And largely because it's just so hot. Mm-hmm. And Did you skateboard? I... Yes, because you were required you know, to live in the, in the, in the yes, exactly, it was, and that was exactly it, it was just, it was the, the empty pools. I wasn't good at it, though, but yeah, that was exactly it, everybody <laughs> skateboarded, and it was the thing, so yeah. Nice, like a penny ward? No, that didn't exist, we had no. like, uh, well, we, when we, I was a kid, we started with, These it actually started prototypes. with metal wheels, oh, like little metal wheels, wheels, and you'd hit a, uh, a pebble, a pebble, and you'd go flying, <laughs> then, then the cool thing, then you got moved up to clay wheels. And that was better. You go a lot faster. You saw the whole evolution of the skateboard. And then we had Cadillac wheels. Cadillac wheels made out oh. of some other, like, a plasticky 
maybe plastic anyways, but they were really good, and then, uh, then after, that's when I ended in... You were a Val, man. I'm a Valley boy. Yeah, did you go to the beach? Yeah, we go to the beach, but when we went to the beach, it was like... We were the... Some parts we were... We weren't the local... There was the local... Locals, locals only. only. And the wow! Locals only. Clearly, that's good. Locals only. No vowels. But whole surfers. There you go. Yeah. No vowels. Yep. Those signs were up. So when I went to the beach, um, I... You know, it was funny because even when I moved out of the valley, it was still like, oh, we're, va- we're from the valley. So when we moved up to Gore Hills, which is... Was that a stigma? We're from the valley? It wasn't till I left the state and I moved later. You got a pool. That means you're rich here. You yeah, I, I don't. I, I, I was. It wasn't till I was much later in life realized that we were actually pretty well off. Like I wouldn't say. Yeah. I still. I. It's hard to say like rich, but yeah. but so it, it, in it, context, it, if you live in Southern California, you own a house, you go to other parts of the world. You know what? You you you're realize you're well off compared to Ethiopia. Yeah. Okay. So it was the order, Chris, you, Lisa. I had two siblings, and uh, Chris was the oldest by two years. Then me, then my sister Lisa. Okay, nice. You and, got, you got along with your siblings. Yeah, we got along, but me and my brother now realize that mostly getting along was me and him making fun of Lisa. We're oh. officially sorry. <laughs> You're officially sorry. All right, we're it's not we're not gonna hit any. Let's move along in childhood now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll skip the rest of that. So, so you're but kids, big so wheels, big wheels rock. Big wheels, okay. And baseball, I was all about baseball. Love baseball. You know, my mom grew up in the valley. Oh yeah. And I, the the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High yeah. aligns with her teenager oh, right. years because it was was that filmed at Taft by any chance? I don't know, but. It was the Sherman Oaks Mall back when yes. it was a mall, not the yeah, Galleria. Absolutely. And it was, uh, uh, I want to say, nineteen seventy nine that that movie. Yeah, it was. It was filmed at the Galleria, wasn't it, or the the precursor to that, right? Yeah, yeah, the Sherman Oaks Mall. Yeah, oh. which is where she used to hang out, you know. So it's kind of she would have been about that age. Well, there's also a movie called The Valley Girl, or yeah, The Valley Girls, and that was also yeah, Nicholas Cage right out of there. Yeah, yeah, Martha Coolidge directed. Yeah, great movie. So, uh, so you're a kid in Reseda, ooh, the Karate Kid, Reseda. Yes, and his girlfriend was from Encino, so, which is... Encino. So, okay, so anybody who's not familiar with the valley... Encino was the nice part of the valley. Right. Well, his girlfriend member was, like, one of the, you know, the wealthy. So the wealthy people came on, uh, the other side of, we didn't have railroad tracks, we had the Ventura... The one the Ventura Boulevard, really. Yeah. So if you lived on the the uh, hills side of Ventura Boulevard, mm-hmm. that was the uh, that was the rich that was kid. The, that was the nicer. The, so you had like uh, Encino and. Uh, and you were in the same house the first ten years of your life. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what did mom do? What did dad do? Mom was a homemaker. Mm-hmm. My dad was a teacher. Was that accent? <laughs> huh? Mom was a homemaker. Yeah, she was. Oh. Is that nice to have an accent? It sounded like? like an accent. Oh. <laughs> and what did Dad do? He was a teacher. A teacher? What did yeah. he teach? He taught junior high. Yeah. So, like, what middle school. He was a shop teacher. Shop? And math. And he kept all his fingers? My dad... <laughs> my dad was... Did a lot of yelling. Yeah, at, at kids? At... Or at you? At every... Yeah, he was a yeller. At everyone. Little 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 drinking. Little uh-huh. Drink. A lot of drinking. Anger management. 
uh, and he was a good provider, and that was what he was kind of all about because he was, grew up in the Depression. Yeah. It was all about providing. Wow, he's that old. Grew up in the Depression. He's my dad's 91. Jeez, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, the 30s. Yeah. So, so providing. Your got yelling. married a little, quote-unquote, later for that time. I think for that, I think, well, my well, my mom wasn't. My dad, they were, they were, my dad's 10 years older than my mom. Oh, okay, yeah. So. So, robbing that cradle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My mom was a looker when she was young. Yeah. She was. Apparently. Take your word for it. Well. So, so he taught shop and he was sort of hands-off. Um, like, like not, not like, a you know, going to every baseball game or... You know. Incorrect. Incorrect. Oh, My dad see. coached a lot of our teams, taught me to play baseball. He oh. was on a daily basis involved with us in baseball, especially baseball. I mean, I also played basketball, football, other things, but baseball, yeah. My so dad he gets some points for that. My dad was a real uh, hit and miss as a, as a parent. There was yeah. some negative things and a lot of good things. My mom Sometimes was a great mom. Sometimes he'd miss when he tried hitting you? Sometimes no, he'd miss. He'd, he'd, he did not miss when he tried to hit us. <laughs> okay, so you had case. some spankings. We got spanked. That got was spanked. Did you deserve any of it? Were you mischievous, mischievous? Well, to quote Shawshank Redemption, we're all innocent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think most of the time, uh, it was there was justice was served, and I am a parent now, jumping ahead with five kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, do you, you spank them in the morning, and at some point they're going to misbehave, so it works out. No, I, <laughs> do you spank your kids? Um, well, on spanking, I believe three things. Okay. I think that, I think as a parent, that uh, phys- the physicality should be um, more as a, a punishment and a last resort, not as a discipline. Discipline okay. should be more about... Information. It should be mostly uh, proactive. Yeah. Give a lot of information and helpful information things, and then discipline is providing structure and order and helping them to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. So spanking is a to me is a is a punishment. So it so it's not like that. You use that as a you would do you it know. sparingly at, yeah. at times if it called for it. Exactly, and I think there's a specific way it should be done, and I also think that it should be limited to when kids are little. Yeah. Um. Not once they get to about ten, eleven, then I think the way you discipline really needs to, about eleven or so needs to, big change in how you discipline. Yeah. So what kind of kid were you? I was a very good kid. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I would have remained as good now as I was. <laughs> when did it all go wrong? You were a good kid. Okay, that's good. You were yeah. sort of a quiet kid. Did you like yeah. to read? I was. I I I, uh, I didn't like to read till I got to fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Before that, I was largely reading baseball and football cards. Okay. Uh, were you a dumb kid? Uh, I was. I always student. felt stupid. Even it's a struggle now to this day because I grew up. And I was surrounded by smart people. My brother Chris was in the gifted program. Um, the Greens, my best friends, they were all in the gifted program. The Sotos, who lived across the street, were in the gifted Everybody on our street was like in the gifted program except for oh, me. Oh, well, yeah. So I thought I was I cast a long shadow, you know. Living in the shadow. Yeah. Okay, so you moved to 
Gore Hills. Yeah, move to Gore Hills. And why, why the move? Well, um, there was several reasons that kind of, yeah. it was a perfect storm, I think. I know the reason, but I'm asking. Well, all right. Okay, should I tell you the like, reason? You're like a lawyer, like, ask you, <laughs> when you don't ask a question. The reason I heard is that um, the school started busting in the blacks from the city, and white flight happened, so the white families would leave the, to the suburbs hmm. out of the, the range. Well, you're half correct. So there goes the neighborhood. Nope, nope, that was your... your the incident happened of busing, but mm-hmm. the reason was not that black people were coming to our school. The problem was they when they bust you, they bust you like an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. And the whole reason that we lived where we lived because my mom wanted to be a stone's throw from the school. So we were part of the white flight, but it had nothing to do with had nothing to do with race. And, and we already and the the funny thing about it was it had to do with busing. It had to do that we would get bussed a million miles away from where we lived. Like we would so in other words, if you would have said, "Oh, we want you to be next to a a school that had a lot more black students at it." It wouldn't have been an issue of, "Oh, there's black kids at the school." Yeah. We would have. But you we would have been an hour on the bus. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, but an hour on the bus, you're far away. And my mom was like PTA. She was her life was the PTA. Yeah. So she couldn't be sure. PTA at a school an hour and a half. I mean, you know, there's no point to it. And that was and the so other you're thing. So not was, a racist, is what you're saying. No, no, we're not at all. And and uh, because when we did move white yeah. flight out to Gore Hills, our neighbors were black. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, at no point did someone say, there goes the neighborhood. No, 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 and black people didn't actually move in the neighborhood. The actually, our neighborhood was pretty, um, well, and so. um, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, our, this is before the valley went to hell. You got it out uh, just in time. Let's face it, Reseda was always kind of. <laughs> yeah. But we, we loved out. it. I loved it as a kid. We biked. We biked all over the place. Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah. So oh, so you strategically chose to live across the street from Lindero Canyon Middle School. Yeah, so absolutely. So That's when we moved there, exact same thing. It wasn't about, it wasn't a race. Yeah, because we moved next, our neighbors were black. Yeah, so you're it, like, well, shoot, I wish I knew this before. <laughs> um, the point was the geography in proximity <laughs> okay. to the school. Yeah. So Agora Hills, as you would know, has a this a little bitty uh, school district called Los Virgines, mm-hmm. which back then was only like three or four schools. It does. Yeah, but because it's in a different valley, the Canal Valley, I believe that's why I don't I don't think the LA school district could cover. You know, it's just too far. It's so far. Yeah. This is before Gore Hills was incorporated. Right, exactly. I mean, it it really was... Well, the Calabasas, actually, I don't know if people... I don't know how wide-ranging your podcast is, but... So Calabasas is actually part of the... I have one audience. Okay, well, Calabasas is actually part of the valley. Like, it sits on the ridge. Yeah. So if you're in San Fernando Valley, you would say, oh... Calabasas is part of the valley. But if you're in Canal Valley, you would say, oh, Calabasas is part of Canal Valley. It, yeah. It's, it straddle, straddles it. So, the Gore Hills, yeah. Had, had, the Gore Hills had that skate park back in the yep. day. It was a skate park. The, um, the Canyon Club 
did like um, way before the Canyon Club. It was Wizens. Yeah, family-owned restaurant. Oh, but yeah, but that where the Canyon Club is, they they did disco nights. There yeah. was a roller rink. Yes, and they did mud wrestling. Yes. Yeah, and then and the, then it became a gay okay, bar, right? Yeah. Which uh, they shut down because of the danger from getting shot by Muslims. So, <laughs> oh wow! Even back then. <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, so did did you ever go when it was a, a disco slash mud wrestling gay bar? No, I uh, I actually never went to it when it was Wizards. I I have actually never even been in that building. Shockingly. Oh wow! Well, Which is always kind of a th- like why well, I just I need to go in there. Just, yeah, just, there. just I'm from Agora. Yeah, just to say you've done it. Yeah, I might lose my uh, <laughs> my card membership to Agora Hills. Because Chris told me he used to drive around in a in a van and pray for the Canyon Club, and I'm like, why? It's just like some old '80s bands that go there on Sunday. <laughs> like, it's it's such a mellow place now. Well, you know... It was like, it, no, back in the day. Yeah. It was a gay disco mud wrestling bar. Yeah, it was kind of the only place where you could, uh, you know, like, Gordon Hills is probably Didn't, would be thought of as something of a bedroom community. Yeah. We're not. That's Simi Valley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But having said that, Bend we your minds, maybe. But we oh. are. Oh. <laughs> uh, but and, I, they, and they had that Renaissance fair. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Didn't and you also, work there? I did. Yeah. Hey, we are we're skipping way out of order now. I know. I'm sorry. I'm, if I'm I was sorry. OCD, go ahead. No, hold on. Just I'm trying to set the scene of what Agora was like in the '70s. <laughs> Setting the scene. Mm. We probably should have more Mike's Hard Lemonade. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You want more? We well, want more. This one's empty. Okay. But it's good it's empty. If I have to pee, we could use these. <laughs> oh, no. That's a drastic solution. Wow. So, Gore in the 70s. Okay, so... You had one Denny's. Yeah, sadly, it's not here now. Uh, all right, I'm going to do a little two-minute okay. blip on... Do it. I will not interrupt you. I'm okay, sorry. so... No, no, that's all right. Interrupting is part of what this is about. Yeah. Oh, I was going to interrupt you. <laughs> So, um, when we moved out here... I'm trying to impress you with my knowledge of... Of, a, of old, old time old, and all. Yeah, <laughs> old time Agora. Okay, no, say something old timey about Agora. Um, they, there was a racetrack um, near Paramount Ranch that went around, and there was like a big <laughs> pool really? area. Really? A racetrack? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, because they used to film a lot of stuff, and there was a, a racetrack around there. Like a dirt... Like a well, dirt it would have been a smaller little dirt buggies, yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, see. It's very old-timey. Okay. So what are you going to say? So my two-minute blip is... Mm -hmm. So Gore Hills wasn't really a... uh, It was not a bedroom community. It wasn't even suburbia. It was basically Sodom and Gomorrah. (laughs) Probably should work in interrupt, especially with comments that aren't even true. (laughs) That's not even accurate. All right. Um... No, just the opposite. It was really, it was like cattle and sheep. If you moved out here in the middle of the 70s, I, we moved to Lake Landero, and, you know, there was a little community here, and most of, if you got off out, you know, like literally out our back wall and the end of our dead-end street, it was just cattle. And it was all, like, when, when my brother went to high school, um, from the end of our street, Almost all the way to to 
Gora Hills, uh, Gora High School, you just walk through, uh, it was just like three or four miles of just cattle. Yeah. So. Teal Boulevard didn't go through. There was no Teal Boulevard yeah. to the high school then. And also towards the freeway. So three miles towards the freeway, uh, you it was just, you, there was a gas station up there at the corner, not the thing we got going now that is it's not even like I don't even they serve gas. It's just a fancy at USA. Uh, no, they serve gas, but it's you know it's a uh, whatever it is. But anyways, we used to play like war and stuff out there, and mm -hmm. army men and stuff. Oh, super fun. So that was all. And then the other direction in the is the hills, which Chris famously got lost in once. He got, he came home from from school once and he walked home and he he got lost in the hills. Trying to take a shortcut. I guess and um. He got a little disoriented where he was, and uh, it was like got started to get dark, and he wasn't home. And, and gotta be uh, careful with those hills. Yeah, well, it's a doozy. Yeah. So, in any case, so that was Agora Hills, and um, we have something else in common. What's that? We both went to Agora High School. You went to Agora High School. A H. Yeah, absolutely. Class of '06. Oh my Woo. gosh. Yeah, all four years. I went to Lupin Hill A Ride in Agora High School. All right. I yeah. went to uh, those three schools. Boom. CMS. My things were so simple back then. They were. Okay, so you went to Lindero County Middle School. I did. So when I got here, I was in the middle of fifth grade. They asked mm -hmm. me. We went to check it out. It was very weird because in in the valley, uh, the school I went to, there was it was all asphalt, and I was like mm -hmm. walked in, and there was huge two grass fields. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, they had barbed wire on the fences and the ramp and <laughs> metal detectors. It, w it was a little different. There wasn't metal detectors, but yes. Okay. And so they said, do you want to stay the rest of the day or go home and come back? Uh, and I was like, I will go home. And so that is why I became a big reader, though. She had this reading thing there, mm. a chart. Yeah. I was more competitive than wanted to read. Okay. And so I was a half a year behind. It was like the Christmas break. And um, I caught up and ended up, I actually should have won. It was like the reading chart. You read books, and then afterwards yeah, you do a report. You're still bitter about and it. I was like, I am, because there was this girl <laughs> who was, she was like way ahead of everybody, and I caught up to her. Oh, man. And then, but she, like, then she just, like, put her foot down and cruised. But it took me the whole she school like year. A hussy. No, she was, she was very sweet. But in this one area, I was like, oh, my gosh. Because it took me the whole rest of the year to catch up to her, and then. Everything, I used to live at your house. It's true. Yeah. I forget that. Yeah. Back briefly, in... Temporarily. And I was in middle school, and I had um, basketball practice uh -huh. twice a week at Lindero Canyon Middle School. Uh, across, the, oh. across the street. So I'd go there on Thursday and then walk into your house after that. It's so funny. You yeah, you weren't living there at the time, but... Yeah, that's... You lived... You took my place? I briefly lived there. And then um, one year I had... In middle school, I had summer school that was at Lindero Canyon yeah. Middle School. So I would walk... Across the street over there for summer school. Yeah. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I did. Yeah. It was good. Man, I loved it. You're right. You could never have walked across the street to school if you'd gotten bust an hour away. It's true. Yeah. 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 That's true. All right. I'm referring to my notes here. Okay. So, um. Man, how do you read that? I'm a pretty good reader. <laughs> fifth grade. <laughs> I went to middle school, and one of the chief things that happened at middle school yes. was. Yes. How was that experience? We when I was twelve years old. Were you good with the ladies? 
in middle not, school? No, not really. Not I, yet. I, not yet. I did actually end up accidentally being good with the ladies. Yeah. Accidentally. Oh. Um, I'll get to that. Okay. The chief event that happened to me in middle school was not at school. Um, we went to a wedding, um, my cousin Gary's wedding, which became, it was famous because of cousin Gary's wedding, it was, at the time, all of our relatives happened to be, would go to it. And nice. ever since, it was kind of a point of reference that, oh, like, people had never seen each other since, or whatever happened, back to mind. So we were at the kids' table, and the reception was at a bar, because that's where they had met, which makes sense. And it was lovely. It was a lovely thing, and... And they put uh, champagne at every table. The kids' uh, table had champagne, bum, which was bum, kind bum. of a... I think, uh, it, I think they just put champagne at every table. It was there, and then they said, oh, the kids <clears throat> sit there. We drank the champagne. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, we drank it. Champagne's sweet, so... It, is, it was good champagne. We get And they brought us more. Every time we got empty, they brought us more bottles. And then I and I faced. kept drinking, and then I danced. And I danced... The, the, we shut it down. Actually, we literally shut it down, <laughs> drinking and dancing. And then even when the band left, we started putting money in the jukebox for more dancing. And you were like 12. I was 12. And then we went to after party in San Pedro, where all my cousins live. San Pedro, nice. shout out. Nice area. And we drank more. And then it, we went to my uncle's beach house. He was living at the beach in uh, 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 by the Channel Islands Harbor. Hollywood Beach. Nice. And I stayed the entire summer with my cousins, and I was drunk the whole summer. It was we played volleyball. It was right, literally on the beach, the sand. We had a sand volleyball court. We swam, played volleyball, and we drank beer. That was all we did. Uh, well, a lot of my cousins also took a lot of drugs. That's eventful for a twelve-year-old. It was very eventful, and so I became an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. At age twelve. It was my choice. Well, you can do what I want with my life. Free world, free country. But you're only twelve. I was twelve. Yeah, well, I wasn't aware. I was, you know. I have this memory of you. Uh-huh. I know I'm jumping around. Oh, sorry. But you and me and my dad went to the movies, Uh-oh. and we saw Minority Report. Oh, the eyeball scene. The eyeball scene. You got so squeamish that uh. you had to get up and leave. I was with you when it happened. You just suddenly remembered it, yeah. And my dad's like, oh, he just has a thing about eyeballs. I do. I don't even like to talk about them or mention them. Okay. And I've never since seen or watched... Well, why'd you before. bring it up? Okay. I did bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, though. I liked hanging out with you, then. That was fun. Thank you. Yeah. And were you with us? I think you were with us. We went to the uh, dirt track racing. Yes! And we all bet on cars, like, every time, and... That's right. And that was epic fun. I forgot you were there for but that. That was your was that you or Jared's birthday? I don't know. We were both there though. Yeah. That's cool. It was one of your two birthdays. Yeah. Because we went out to eat. They, they let you guys pick where we're gonna go out to eat, and then we went to the racetrack. And it was so fun. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's good memories. Okay, so you're in middle school. How's middle school? Uh, what kind of kid were you in middle school? Well, I was the kind of like the kid who. Where did you get into sports? I, I, I was, so sports was a continued theme. I was playing baseball, everything. We're get, jumping ahead to my second chief event, which was this is wow, not this good. Is reformative years. Oh, my formative years. So I was a nerd, full out. I was and a jock. Terrible. I was. I wasn't a, a jock at school. I mean, I was very <laughs> athletic. What do you mean you were a nerd? 
I did like fashion wise, and I was I was I wore glasses and uh, what nerdy things did you like? And uh, you don't wear glasses now. That's weird. No, I was just socially awkward. Yeah. Not awkward, but like I was a. Uh, you wore glasses. Even I was you didn't a freak. Have to? No, I I needed to wear glasses. I was a complete. How come you don't wear glasses freak. now. I wear contacts. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah, no, I was a. Uh, so you're a freak. You're into Dungeons and Dragons, or. Yes. Oh, okay. That's but that wasn't considered a, a thing then, back then. It was brand new, and it was just a few people nobody really knew about oh, it. You're on the wasn't cutting edge so of it. Now, today, you're cool if you play Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you know, so, came around. No, I think I quit it. I, well, uh... Jocks peak early, but you got cool later in life. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the other Were two events student? happened... I was a terrible student. terrible student. I mean, I passed courses. You were a bad nerd. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't like a classic nerd in today's sense. I just was... Um, it's like all the disadvantages of being the nerd with none of the advantages. Yes, that was that was me. <laughs> yeah, I was not handsome. I was kind of chubby. And the, then when... Um, yes. So skip a little ahead. So that's okay. kind of how it went. Um, I hurt my arm. Um, How'd you hurt it? So I I was like an all star every year, and then I was playing, and then uh, with Dave, uh, what's his name? Anyways, he was a very good baseball player. He's better than me. And so we would kind of work out together to play. And he he took it serious. He I mean we were uh, thirteen, mm-hmm. and he would like he would figure out all the. His dad I had been a minor leaguer. And was helping him, grooming him to be a professional player, which he actually did. He got to, like, double or triple A, Dave did. And so he did all of the correct uh, trainings and things and stuff. He was really way ahead of his time. And so we'd throw, and he was a catcher, and um, a really good catcher. Like, I said I was a catcher, like, just a few games they put me in a catcher because I could do it if somebody, you know somebody else couldn't do it or there was an injury or whatever I could just I could just play whatever because I was very athletic but um, he was he was like boom and he could get his throwing time from first down to second base without runners he was nearly on a professional level he was he was very very good so we were we were expanding our arm strength by throwing it from bigger distances and so we would get you know farther and farther apart and make in throws and um, he really he had a great arm now, I was a pitcher, and I had a great arm, and there was no way Dave was going to be able to outthrow me. So as far back as we went, we went. So we got to 350 yards, Wow! which is like, and that was beyond me. He could throw it to me because he was saying, well, that's like from center field to home plate. It's like three, about 350 feet. Not 250 yards. That's, sorry. Feet, not yards. Feet, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little more yeah, reasonable. Yeah, yeah. 350 yards. It's like of, three football fields. Yeah. I was, <laughs> that is also beyond me. <laughs> so he's like, I uh, was saying about how certain center fielders that are really good arms could throw it to home plate straight or maybe on one bounce. And so he wanted to have the ability to stretch his arm to be really good. Is this a long story? Because it feels kind of long. Oh, sorry. It's just about to end. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to stretch it out. I was thinking about Dave. Moment of silence. No, he's, he's still alive. Oh, jeez. So I threw, and I hurt my arm. I tried to do the same throw, 350 feet, and boom, hurt my arm. Pulled a muscle? Not pulled a muscle. It hurt and hurt and hurt. My mom took me to the doctor. I broke it. 
Oh. So it turns out that really? I was born with a, uh, a a broken arm, like a crack, oh. like a like a, a hairline fracture. Okay. And had just just oh the doctor's like oh this is like you're actually born with a crack. So but by throwing, so it kind of had stayed together, but by throwing so hard, it separated. Oh. And so I actually so I actually broke my arm, and so he was said. The bone sticking out. No, no, it was. It didn't look bad, but he said if you want to fix it, we have to do surgery. And he started to describe it as now you from your minority report, we know how squeamish I am. So I was like, no. Yeah. So that was it. I didn't never fixed it, and uh, I. Did that you was get it. a cast or just? I had it uh, since they didn't do surgery. It was a, a splint, and I was out for like six months. I couldn't do anything with it. I couldn't really use it for anything, oh, and then um, just heal on its own. It, was, it healed on its own, but I could never really throw again the right way. Oh. And I was at so next baseball season. I went to play baseball, and I did terrible. Yeah. And they put me into the lesser group. The less like it was split into two le- two groups, and I, I went into the lesser the girls, group with the girls. <laughs> the and um, and they asked what I did. I said I'm a pitcher, but on the pitching test I did terrible. Wow. Like at the at the tryouts, I did terrible on the pitching test. But I I didn't I knew it, but I was like, I'll I'll I'm gonna pitch great later, and I'm a great hitter. And so I couldn't pitch, and the guy, the best player on the team was a first baseman. So because I couldn't really throw, the only position you could really, I could really play is first base. And they had this guy who was a great first baseman, great hitter, like one of the, like, almost, like probably the best hitter in the league. And that was it. They said, well, so I didn't play. I basically didn't play. And when I did play, they stuck me on the, in, in right field. But I, like I was saying before, the only position I can't really play is outfield because I wore glasses, and if I ran around to get fly balls, my glasses would move around, and it was, so it made it hard to judge the ball, and it was embarrassing, and I was a slow runner, so I wasn't, so I could still hit, mm-hmm. but if you can't field uh, in Little League or whatever, there's no DH, so that yeah. was that, I didn't play, I was a bench sitter. You know, baseball's a boring sport anyway, it's, no. it's terrible. Don't it's, say that, it's, don't say that. So You're trying to come for me with, with, with wrong it facts. It is, baseball's so dull. I don't know. Well, what you you're excited about? I love baseball. Okay. Really? Do you even watch baseball? No. Do you? I'm gonna tell you a secret. Did you used to watch baseball? You don't have a big audience, right? No. I love watching baseball oh when God. I was young, but in Australia, right way ahead in the story, we don't get baseball. We don't get. We didn't actually have a TV. We get channels. You had a TV. You didn't have cable. So I would on the. In the inner tubes, in the webs, I'd watch yeah. it, but it would just come up the feed. On the internet? I'd just watch the feed, the ticker tape feed. <laughs> so I'd watch it, and I would sit and enjoy watching it. That's, that's a horrible story, and I feel sorry for you. Okay. And, wow. So that changed my life. So now... It changed your life. I was could not play baseball, and when the season ended, I actually yeah. went home and cried, because that was it. And I, really, I realized I really can't play baseball. Like, I mean... Yeah, not if not like I could. So, um, so that was that, and um, it was the beginning of a huge change in my life. Uh, beginning of a dark, depressing days. Really, you were uh, depressed. Yeah, I was manic and depressive. You were thirteen. Yeah. Wow. Um, I had a friend, uh, Mike Wong, and so that's why you became an alcoholic. When we were... Nah, I was already drinking alcohol oh. before that. Okay. <laughs> so, at, we, I went to summer school. 
My mom put me in summer school so that I would get ahead. And um, she in a math class, so she uh, pre-algebra. And that summer, so I took pre-algebra, and I was failing the course. I totally was bewildered by pre-algebra, completely bewildered me. And so I took the final test, and um, I, I, and then over the course of the the uh, lunch, the guy graded everything. It was the last day of the, the course. Yeah. And um, I took me. I used up the entire lunch time to to do the test. Like I couldn't to finish it. And so he started writing on the board the numbers that mm -hmm. people got. So there was all these numbers, and then everybody would know what they got. So nobody knew anybody's. So public shaming. Well, there was no. There wasn't public. Oh, okay. But because the everybody came number. back. Yeah. And then I just everybody just got back, and then just after they got back, I wasn't yet to hand yours in. So I went and handed mine in, but it was everybody sitting there. So then he took mine and graded it, and then after da -da 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 -da, wrote my number up on the board. So there's all these numbers between like thirty-five and a hundred, or whatever the highest one was, eighty or ninety, whatever it was, and then the passing was, whatever the the grading scale, and then he wrote my number up, which was six. I got six out of a hundred. Algebra is a bitch anyway. Uh, you're very kind, but no, Algebra is not a bitch. It is. So, that's where I was at with that. So it was a very dark, depressing days. Yeah, middle school was not good to you. Middle school was well. That was actually high school. That was going into high school. Okay. The summer school before high school to try to get ahead. So I didn't get ahead. Okay. So that's kind of where my state of mind was. Things weren't great. Nice. But you watched some good TV. No. You know, watched Mash, The Brady Bunch. Yeah, we did kind of that, but that wasn't Hogan's yeah. Heroes. Yeah, we yeah we kind of like all the standard stuff. But Bewitched. I was not like a huge TV person. No. I'd rather be out playing and doing know, stuff. Oh, yeah. man. Well, nobody's perfect. Okay. <laughs> Chris was a big MASH fan. He was. He watched it every, at night until, yeah, like, it. 2 in the morning and then sleep in, in the summer until, like, 1 in the afternoon. Yeah, which is, like, pretty sophisticated for a kid. Very sophisticated. You know. But you weren't into TV, okay. No, I wasn't a TV person. Well, you watched movies, though. Blazing Saddles. I watched a few movies, movies, but again, I wasn't that into movies either. My wife changed that a little bit. Yeah. I had to. She's very visual. Were you into females? Oh, well, we're coming to that. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, so now we're up to the high school years? <clears throat> well, no. The end of that summer, mm -hmm. the most eventful thing in my life happened. Oh, so, you lost your virginity. No. Oh, it's later. <laughs> See, you didn't have this kind of moment for you because you grew up in a Christian household. Yeah. I didn't have that. We were, uh, like, uh, not necessarily atheists. Well, we were a functioning atheists. We were, but, <laughs> functioning atheists. Yeah, function, but we were like, uh, you know, what do you call it? Well, you don't know. Uh, agnostic. We're agnostic, yeah. Okay. So, my friend Mike, he, you know, we hung out. We got to be good friends. And when school started... September, he was a friend of mine, and I had another friend that I, Wade Woodyard, mm -hmm. and those two guys became my best two friends, and nice, and it was it was great. And so what happened then is, me I began to I like Mike told me he was a Christian, and I I laughed I laughed at him because I thought that wasn't a thing anymore. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. That's funny. Uh, and so. Exist. Yeah, so we had a great conversation, and 
uh, we I talk, went right through uh, the theory of evolution and the Big Bang theory and everything. Wow. And the thing that really got to me that he said in all of our arguing and all of our debating was, so, well, you know, we talked about how the earth began. And he said, what do you think? And I explained in the latest theory then was an electrical difference between hot and, night and hot and cold and it met and it exploded. And so that's the begin. that's it. And that, you know, everything. And he's like, okay, so there's inanimate matter and then, and then uh, hot and cold and then collides. And then he said, well, okay, I'm going to give you that matter has always existed if you give me that God has always existed. And I was like, okay, he didn't really have a choice because some, mm. what dawned on me right then, one of the greatest revelations, I've, an epiphany in my entire life, okay. something has always existed. Oh. Something has had to always exist. Yeah. You can't start with nothing, nothing. Mm-hmm. That's so... All you get is more nothing. Right. It doesn't matter how much time you add to it, you still only have nothing. Wow, he was like the first guy to witness to you. He was. Yeah. Probably other people did, but he was the first one that I really... I know there's other people that had prayed for me. That got through. Yeah, we had a great... So, And then the second thing was, is that whatever has always existed, it has to explain everything that it that, that exists. Mm-hmm. Because whatever has always the existed... Beginning. Is the beginning, right? You can't add other things outside of the universe to the universe. Whatever you add outside the universe to the universe is actually then, therefore, part of the universe. So if what always had existed was just inanimate matter, well, then where do you has how, how do you get life? Yeah. You know how do you, you know how do you get the electronic charge hot and cold? How does how do you get that? But the reality is, how do you actually get matter? Like, doesn't that doesn't make sense? Well, the matter just always existed. Like, that doesn't make sense. You have to have something with no beginning. Well, you feel bad about laughing at him. Yeah, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. But now that you bring it up, thanks for that hurtful painful memory. <laughs> so, he was building, you know, Hebrews 11 uh, or 12, 1 says faith defines faith. The, yeah. Uh, faith is the uh, evidence of things hoped for but you can't see. And that was, but I was building faith. I was beginning to have faith. Wow. And so he asked me one day, do I want to become a Christian? And I was like, I, actually, I, I did. I was like, yeah, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, like, technically, I actually probably already was. Because it's, being saved isn't about a prayer. It's about believing. Yeah. And I did. I was like, I was like no question, God exists. It explains everything. The Bible, the biblical definition of who God is. He's always existed, no beginning, no end. There was no time. He just existed. I am, present tense. He's always present. All-powerful, yet whatever always has been has to be all-powerful. That's just a no-brainer. Has to, and knows everything everywhere. That's just, boom, 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 just dominoes falling. Yeah, that's that's ridiculously common sense. That was right before ninth grade in high school. Yeah, so November 12th, did your so, friend also go to Gore High School? Yeah, he did. So we started school, and by no, by November 12th is when I went to my first ever Bible study. Wow. And so you became a Christian before Chris. Yes. Wow. Yes. And so Wade was a Christian, and so I told him I was going to become a Christian. And so he also, I remember the funniest conver- one of the funniest conversations I ever had is I told Wade, it was, uh, so November 12th, so then Christmas is coming up. And he's like, said something about Christmas, and I was like, 
what do you mean? Like, he was alluding to it being, oh, you know, a Christian holiday event. I had no idea. I thought it was about Santa Claus. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, do you mean you don't actually know the actual Christmas story? I'm like, like, um, Santa Claus? He's like, and then he laughed at me. His turn. So, yeah. so way to explain that and Easter and all kinds of stuff. Like, my whole world was like, oh my gosh, things that you should know. I didn't, I had no idea. It's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, I prayed and I was at, uh, in Oak Park Bible State and it was the Agora Bible Fellowship. Shout out there. It was their little youth group out there. Oh, really? Yeah. That's and it how was, you started going to ABF. Yep. And uh, he took me to the Bible school, and Ken Spellman was there. Okay. Ken Spellman was at the Bible study, and I chiefly remember about Ken is we were packed on the floor, and he was sitting next to me just smiling the entire time and singing real loud the praise and worship songs. And I was like, wow. And then as it turns out, I knew Ken Spellman. He had been on a baseball team I was on. Oh. And he was on. He was the shortstop of the last year I played. That went horribly wrong. Yeah, we well, broke your arm. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he he was a great guy. So I already knew what a great guy he was. I was like, oh, he's an example Christian. I was like, wow, that's cool. Because the other thing that really convinced me to become a Christian was um, that everything Mike said about how Jesus, he doesn't like really change your personality, but he changes your life. And I, I didn't I didn't totally get that. But the evidence of it, like the fruit of the spirit, and joy and peace and patience, and Mike was like, as you said earlier, like we had, we were fairly well off, relatively speaking, and you know my parents were together, like his parents weren't together. He had all these reasons to to really be. Did you ever try life. asking your parents about God? Yeah, no, no, they they took us to church when we were two, and uh, we cried. Apparently, didn't like it, so that was yeah. That was that. That was that. <laughs> so I became so I prayed Scott Gould. I don't know if you remember him. I recognize the name. He was there. He said, oh, the angels are singing. I, we went out to the school there, and we prayed, and we brought back, and all these people there. And uh, tons of people there that you would know. Was the uh, youth group ever at ABF, or was that someone's house? That was at somebody's house, but it, it was later at the, at the church sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So at what point do you meet a Garcia? So uh, I met a Garcia probably technically that night. It was probably... Uh, all your older, uh, your older, your uh, Steve and his brothers. Since the older they went to that Bible study. Yeah, yeah, in Oak Park. Yeah, that just happened to be at somebody's house that lived in Oak Park. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, Latia. Yeah. L Lydia. L you Lydia. don't remember meeting my dad. Oh yeah. Not the moment. Not that night. Right. Yeah. He wasn't there. Okay. There was another, the Bible study leader was the pastor. Uh, uh, Do you remember the day you met him? Your dad? Yeah. Well. Uh, it just would have been one of those. Was it at that house in Oak Park or at no, ABF? No, 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 no. It was at ABF. You, uh, it was when I went to church. The first time I went to church. On a Sunday? On a Sunday. Okay. Yeah, your dad was like a, what did you say was a, Worship leader, maybe, or did yeah, some care or something, or well, who knows, or something like that. But I didn't know anything about church. I'd never been to church. Never read the Bible. I, I didn't know anything about anything. Yeah. And so for like a couple months, I didn't go. I only wore shorts back in those days. I never wore long pants. And it's Mike's, cool that what you connected with were kind of the deeper theological questions. 
yeah. the ultimate issues. You know? The big, the big questions in life. The big questions, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's true. Where did we come from? Who created the earth? Yeah. What happened? So that's cool. This is very, very cool. Yeah, something a nerdy kid would do. Something a nerdy kid would do, and so I know everybody's asking, what about the alcohol issue? So. Oh, I thought you were joking. No, I drink every single day. You did? Yeah. Oh. Okay. If my mom's listening. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, from that on, when I was did, twelve, did your parents know you were drinking every day? No, I was very careful about putting it back. Putting it, uh, like Where would I would you never get this finish alcohol? an alcohol. Where would you get cabinet? It? Like wine? Yeah, wine. And there was a pomegranate wine from one of our cousins. My, and, uh, yeah, not beer, just mostly wine. You were like a functioning alcoholic. Yeah, I was literally a closet alcoholic. Wow. I'd, like, go in the bathroom and then drink, and I would never finish the bottle. And then, I've, uh, I've enabled you today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an enabler. No, no, you're not. No, that has a happy ending of what happened. All right, when, when did you quit? So, I didn't quit. Um, after I got, became a Christian, a little while later, I was at my grandmother's house. It was like a month later, and I took a beer, there was beer in her fridge, so I grabbed a beer, and about halfway through, I felt conviction, never really felt that before. Wow. But Mike said that would happen, I'd start to feel, out of, you know, my conscience would be awakened. Guilt. And I felt guilty because it was stealing, and it was my uncle's beer. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until much later I realized that my grandmother, who was surprised later when I confessed to her, said I was sorry. <laughs> was, so um, yeah so then after a while I, I was like oh, oh my gosh like I don't drink anymore I just didn't drink anymore wow so because I because it was wrong I, I didn't know the Bible I didn't know it yeah. was wrong like to be an alcoholic or to drink it like I didn't know I had zero idea of that well, and I felt 14. convicted yeah. right but I didn't get that like to me like oh you, the, you didn't know the drinking age I just didn't associate with being so wrong or evil or, or like who, like is that bad? Like, I don't know. I only felt, I only you knew what was, was wrong illegal. by it. Yeah. Yeah, like, but I didn't know that that, is that a sin? Like, I didn't know what sin was. Like, yeah. I, did, I had no idea. Sure. But God started convicting me on things, and that's how I knew what, what things were wrong. Wow. So that was kind of cool. Very cool, yeah. So it started I, it with that, so with that wedding. With the champagne at the kids' table. <laughs> yeah, that's where it started. That's how it started. And uh, stop swearing. I swear, uh, the only oh, that's adjective... That I knew was the F word. Yeah. Was it? It was every every sentence at least two or three times. If I'd say hello to you, hello, F F F F F F F F F. Wow, you were a bad boy. You had was a, it? A rebellious streak. Yeah, and I was addicted to. No, I don't know. Yeah, basically addicted to pornography. Yeah. S- sort of. Like I wasn't addicted. Like to... magazines at that time. Don't, no, I didn't really have magazines available. I, this is way before. It, like uh, we like couldn't a have them Playboy? in the house. Like kind of like if I'd see them, if I'd see like a there magazine. was no internet. Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, let me back up. I probably wasn't say I was addicted to pornography. Uh, lustful thoughts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like I didn't really have pornography. Yeah, you used your imagination. Yes. Okay. Used my imagination. Yeah. Um, I never, uh, never masturbated though. I never. I didn't oh. actually even realize that was a thing, actually. <laughs> That's strange. Yeah, until yeah. when? Uh, <laughs> Till this day. <laughs> well, after I uh, got married, I was a lot more aware of sexual things, yeah. But um, 
So what happened was I'd have a lot of... Uh, yeah, that's definitely different uh, for this thoughts. generation. Yeah, this, this is very, very different. So, But I think I was also unique. Yeah. I think even then, people, like I just hadn't discovered, like didn't, well, I don't know, for whatever reason, I'd have like lustful thoughts. Yeah, I clearly remember being 14, porn is on the neighborhood, and my, not the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch the girl next door. I mean, wait, sorry, what? <laughs> the internet. Wow. I would. We didn't have internet. I would go stare at the girl next door through her window. And that was our internet. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes, I remember. <laughs> I was 14 in the shower. Yeah. Okay. Very clear memory. Okay, let's... let's Huh? Yeah. Uh, Maybe we need another that's beer. It. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't I didn't know that. I would just yeah. So the point is though, I remember when God just actually boom just yeah healed me or just he challenged me on it, and I would after I after I started going to Bible studies, that was one thing that I realized was wrong. So so let me back okay, up. Sorry. You didn't masturbate until what age? Nah, I never really had to. That's never really been an issue. No. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. It's so very. I'm the one Good for you. I, I, unfortunately, now um, what Bernie Sandy, Ber, Bernie Sanders called the one percenters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Extremely. It's rare. not about being a, a better man, and and I'm not going to take pride in this. What happened was, with the swearing. I'm thinking, who cares about the lustful thoughts? But okay. Well, um, why? Well, so I'm not the, a good person. So like, with the uh, lustful thoughts or uh, the, with the swearing, God just took it away. So people started commenting that you don't swear anymore. And uh, that yeah. was it. So the chief two things God did for me was He took away that the alcohol and the swearing. And yeah. like, just, just but boom, typically just did people it. feel guilty after they masturbate. But if you're just having lustful thoughts, you feel guilty about that. No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't. Okay. No, I didn't. Again, I wasn't aware of things yeah. being right or wrong. Now, after I became a Christian, yeah, you so can't change overnight. Right? Well, it wasn't about changing. I didn't know it was a wrong thing yeah. until because the things that God convicted on me, He dealt with. But then after I became a Christian, I took about three months before I went to church. Mm-hmm. And I did, and I went to, an a, because I was always wearing shorts when I met the story, and Mike said, you got to wear long pants and dress nicer if you go to church. I was like, ah, I literally only wear shorts and didn't, I didn't dress nice. But then I was like, okay, I'm going to go because I should go. And I went to church Sunday, Sunday, and Sunday school, Sunday service, and boom. And I was like, and at ABF. At ABF. And from that moment on, um, I went to church, to Sunday school, to Bible studies, wow. absolutely, as much as I possibly could. God, it just, I became insatiable. I wanted to, to learn and grow. Yeah, you were hungry. I was so hungry and read the Bible, like, just voraciously. And, um, wow. and so, th- so that's when I found out, oh, about the, the thoughts weren't good. So I was like, okay, so I was like, okay, and so I tried to defeat it, and then God, actually, there was a particular night where I came home and there was a light on in the one room, and it was late, and my room didn't uh, didn't have a light. It was like one one way was light, one was darkness. It's like a little thing. God just really she's like, choose which way you want to go, the dark or light. And wow. so, I was like, oh, I choose the light because then and he's like, and then you're gonna be like, he delivered. spoke to you. Yeah, he did. My my heart and my mind not audible. Yeah. And so he's like, choose which way you want to go, light or darkness. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I'm because for a long time I was. Literally batting, I'd like every night that I didn't, th- you know, could win the battle. I kept track like a baseball score. 
Okay. So, I was like, I'm going to light. I took, like, it's two steps, and then all of, and I was like, easy, and then all of a sudden, boom, it was this battle, and I wanted to, oh my gosh, it was just like, this, the world was like... But I can imagine you laying there being like, don't think about yeah. boobs, don't think about boobs. Yeah. Oh, now I'm thinking about them. Oh, <laughs> it was almost working. literally like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it took me about an hour to actually then take the next few steps, and I did, went down to the light, and then boom, oh. God delivered me, and for years, and actually years later, then, uh, then I've had seasons where different things were struggles, but whatever. But anyways, from that point on, I was like delivered from being really like addicted to, yeah. Yeah, from really those thoughts. Yeah. Which wow. is really cool. Well, you're a holy guy. You know what? It's the Jesus is my righteousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the the longer I'm alive, the more I am aware of my failings, which are huge. So you're in high school. So that was a big life changing event. I get to high school. I only really want to say three things about high school. Oh, three very quick things. Touchy. Yeah. No. Well, ba- I was bad times. No. It wasn't bad. It was a, a learning, growing experience in, in Christianity. Yeah. You didn't love it. And I was not really that interested in school itself. And I didn't okay. do very well. Secondly, I, wasn't, I was changing from being a nerd. God actually was changing me. A lot of things, like even with dress and things, God was now changing me. Not that being how you dress is really even a right or wrong issue for the most part. But it was just that my... Uh, I had people around me now, socially, that cared about me, and loved me, and and helped me with things to 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 be able to to do things. So you had some self confidence. That was hitting still because I was also still no really did I was still the depression thing I was talking about for that was. So once I became a Christian, I had it was this continuous high, on the one hand. Uh, of this amazing journey but I also still was having this other journey of failing at stuff and I didn't understand it I was still I failed at baseball I feel like my grades were horrible um, and I still wore glasses and was still like like socially kind of at school leprous mm-hmm. at school but there was also this growing in Christianity and this amazing stuff God was wow. doing and you had leprosy on top of that That's so the last thing I want to say, high school-wise, is that it was also the beginning of being becoming a missionary, and um, mm, so we'll get, get into that a little bit later. We'll talk about that, and I'll, and I'll reference back. But to But did that you go to school. like any school dances or not really? Um, <laughs> the only thing I went to <laughs> at school functions socially was I took Michelle. Uh-huh. Helped to uh, graduate to Disneyland for where you go and move from the LA school system to. Did she go to your school or no? No, she went to. Uh, I think she went to Westlake. Okay, so you just went as friends. <laughs> we we just went as friends. You didn't she do was much... actually dating Ken Spellman at the time. You, you didn't do much dating. In I high did. Uh, okay, so that's it. as far as high school. Yeah. Okay, that that's it now. I will refer to those years sometimes, but not as a as a high school thing. Everything else happened during that time wasn't had to do really with high school. Does that make sense? Yeah, with with the school itself. With the school itself, right? 
Okay. But yeah, I'm just talking about age 14 to 18. Right. So we'll, we could talk about that in the context of the, the bigger picture. Years, yeah. Teenage years. But not like as, as high schoolish stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, okay. that seems like so, a touchy well, subject. <laughs> uh, it's not touchy. It's just kind of boring. fine. We won't call it high school. Whatever you say. No, no, no. What <laughs> I'm what I mean is that. All right. It wasn't really. Uh, no, no. I high school. I was okay with high school. I'm all right, it's a teenager. It. It's just kind of uneventful and boring. All right, all right, all right. Okay, it, so it's in school. I have school more questions stuff. though. No, I want you to ask questions as soon as we have another beer. Okay. <laughs> all right. As you can tell, God helped me with alcohol to be <laughs> come to, to become friends. All right, we'll pause it.